0: You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendias. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you guys for always making us your first daily listen here at locked on Rams. And as you guys heard in the intro, we got a big episode to cover here. I initially wanted to cover the game from this past week between the Rams and the Detroit Lions. Yet here we are the Rams general manager, Leslie making another big random trade. Of course, the trade deadline is just a few days away. So kind of makes some sense here, but the Rams moved on from Kenny young and we're going to break down everything, what that means for Kenny young for the Rams, for the Broncos, the trade compensation involved, what this means for the rest of the roster moving forward. And as I mentioned, this could also reflect or foreshadow that the Rams may have another trade or move coming because they like to usually move in that manner. So first we'll dive into what this means for the Rams at inside linebacker. And I think to preface all of this, well, it's surprising. I mean, this is a shocking move. If you listen to yesterday's episode, I literally said on yesterday's episode that Kenny Young was the best linebacker on the team so far. And it's funny because one episode later, here we are talking about this guy getting traded in terms of what they got. Well, the Rams traded Kenny Young and a 2024 seventh round pick in exchange for a 2024th sixth round pick from the Denver Broncos. And you're probably wondering why on earth would they do that? Well, it's not a lot of compensation, right? The Rams are basically doing this as a cap dump style of move. They're moving up 30 spots in terms of the draft order at the end of the draft in 2024. Like that is literally, there's no compensation that you could get. That's pretty much worse than that. So the Rams gave him away for free. Basically the reason we talked about it just a second ago, it was basically a cap dump move. The Rams should free about one and a half million dollars, just a little bit less than one and a half million on the salary cap things about like 1.3 to be exact and that would bump their total up to roughly around five, five and a quarter million dollars in cap space in addition to that Rob Havenstein restructure last week. So now we're starting to get those wheels turning in terms of Havenstein's restructure, really random timing, suspicious there. Now they move on from Kenny Young when they didn't need to, freeing up a little bit more cap space. Could this lead to another trade? Well, we'll talk about that in a few segments here, but In terms of what this means for the Rams, I think it's kind of surprising because Young was certainly better than Troy reader has been throughout this season. Now, Troy Reader probably not worth absolutely anything in terms of trade compensation. So the Rams couldn't really move on from him and maybe they didn't want to. And of course, Kenny Young is a free agent at the end of this season in March. So maybe the Rams knew there was really no future there and they just kind of wanted to get out ahead and try to get some compensation in return. But in general... I would have kept Kenny Young. I thought he was significantly better than Troy Reader was this season. And I would have looked to replace that other linebacker spot, which would have been Reader. But it seems like the Rams are going with the opposite direction for now. And Ernest Jones, third round rookie, might find his way onto the field here. And if they don't trade for anybody, that's obviously the logical explanation or replacement. The Rams drafted this guy in the third round. You don't draft guys in the third round unless you can expect or at least hope they will become starters at some point. And the Rams love this guy coming out. So there's no harm in trying him at some point. Now that doesn't necessarily mean he's not going to be a drop off from young or whatever the case may be there. He might be worse. I mean, we don't know, and we're not going to know until they try. So I'm totally okay with the Rams trying out Jones, because I think this was sort of their plan throughout the off season. You get this rookie. He's not a first round pick. He doesn't need to start from day one. You want to bring him along slowly, get him accustomed to the NFL, the speed of the game, get him accustomed to the defense, all these different things the playbook. And then mid-season, you can kind of toss him out there and see how he reacts and how he responds and go from there. And if Ernest Jones happens to be the guy at this position, well, you lost nothing and you've got a better player, a younger player, someone that you have a future in for the next four seasons because he's a cost-controlled rookie. And if he doesn't do well, well, you can readjust and sort of change things on the fly. So we'll see how they go from here. But the thing at the end of the day is, Kenny Young was not a star level player. I'm kind of shocked to be honest because I shared this news on Twitter and a lot of fans were pissed off. And I get it because the Rams should be buyers right now. They're a Super Bowl contending roster, a Super Bowl contending team. They have no reason to be sellers. So I do understand, you know, even if Kenny Young's not a starter for you anymore, it's probably still good enough to be a really, really good depth piece, a backup, a special teamer. But on the other side of things, I mean, Kenny Young was a replacement level player. He was still the best linebacker on the roster up to date, but he was never a good linebacker in general. I feel like he was subpar, average, replacement level, depending on what you want to call it. Looking at the PFF stats, he allowed 91.2% of the passes in his direction to be completed this season. 300 yards were caught on him this season. 11 first downs. Those are some of the worst marks on the defense here. And mind you, some of those numbers are always going to be higher for linebackers. That's just kind of the way it is. They get a lot of those easy completions to running backs in the flats and things like that. But those numbers are not good. And Kenny Young is certainly not going to be a guy that's going to be a standout player in run defense. So at the end of the day, I don't think there's going to be much of a drop off here, even if they do go from Young to Jones, even as a rookie. And if there is a drop-off, I think it's going to be so minuscule that it's really not going to move the needle for the defense. But with that being said, I talked about it. I feel like ad nauseum now for the last few episodes, especially as we lead closer to this trade deadline, this should be a buyer's market for the Rams. They are a Super Bowl contending roster, but there are definitely hoops to clear. I mean, they don't have all the draft picks in the world. They traded multiple first-rounders for Matthew Stafford, kind of leaves them a little bit shorthanded there. Then you look at the cap space. They don't have 20 million in cap space. They can't go get a Miles Jack or a CJ Mosley. A lot of you guys hit me up saying, go get those guys, go get this player, go get that. I'm sure the Rams would love to have those guys. Those are very talented players and would move the needle a lot for the Rams on the defensive side of the ball. But there's a reason they play on the worst teams in the NFL. It's because those teams have a lot of money and pay those guys a lot of money. And a lot of teams cannot afford to take that in in terms of the cap space, but in terms of what the Rams may do at that linebacker spot, we'll break it down here in just a second. Talk about some of these logical trade connections and maybe some players to look out for. I've concocted a few players that I think make sense that could fit the market for the Rams here. So we'll dive into those in just a second. You guys can always follow us on Twitter at QBs MEP and at locked on Rams and on YouTube at locked on Rams. We're so close to 700. By the time you listen to this, we might actually be at 700 subscribers. So I thank you guys so much. Let's get that to a thousand Fingers crossed, we get there as soon as possible. You guys have heard me talk about this sponsor many times in this podcast. Now, if you're a person who drives a car, if you like to listen to this podcast while, while you commute, it makes all the sense in the world to go get a free app called Get Upside. Like I mentioned, entirely free for every gallon of gas that you fill up with, you get up to 25 cents cash back, and for your first tank, you get up to 50 cents cash back for every gallon that you fill up with. The code is touchdown, and if you drive whether it's for school or for work, whatever the case may be, there's literally no downside here. You can cash out anytime you want. You can get the money straight to your bank account, to gift cards, to PayPal, whatever you prefer. Anytime you want, the code is touchdown. The app is called GetUpside, entirely free on the Google Play or App Store. Get up to 50 cents cash back for every gallon of gas on your first tank. Now we can dive into some of these logical trade connections here that I've concocted for the Rams. And I think the reason we got to even talk about this is just because you look at the depth chart right now. Linebacker was not good for the Rams before. It was a liability, a problem on the defense. And now you remove the best player from that equation and it just got worse. It probably did get worse. We don't know for sure. Ernest Jones might be a superstar. And in that case, well, then they got better. But we don't know. And even if he is just as good, they're still not very good. So there is areas for them to improve here. And we talk about it a lot that Havenstein restructure. Now this trade freeing up some cap space. It feels a little fishy to me. I mean, the Rams wouldn't do this for no reason. I don't think otherwise, why restructure Havenstein? Why do certain things? I just feel like there could be a trade being lined up here. And that's not to say that there's a guaranteed player incoming could strictly be just to have that space moving forward, bring some of those guys up and down from the practice squad, maybe give an extension to someone. I don't really know. They don't necessarily need to make a move, but I wouldn't be shocked if they look to shore up this defense a little bit, whether that be at cornerback, could be at edge rusher. We talked about those positions last week. Could be at linebacker now with a hole there. Some of the players that I'm kind of looking out for when it comes to this linebacker spot, and again, it's not a guarantee, but if they want to go on the high end, I'm looking at somebody like Dante Hightower from the New England Patriots. I love this guy. I think he's an absolute standout player. Now he's due, I think, $8.5 million which is going to make it tough for the Rams to fit him onto their cap space. But at the same time, half the season is gone, which means he's cashed half of his checks. And then his cap space would be basically slashed in almost half. So I want to say around four and a half, five million a half, $5 million. I haven't done the deep dive into the numbers and I'm not an accountant, so I don't know for sure, but I know that they could afford that. And he's a guy that is up there in age. He's 32 years old. His contract is up at the end of the season. So it could be a logical connection for the Rams. Not exactly saying hundred percent that it's going to happen, but it's definitely one to look out for another name that I have circled here, Dallas Cowboys linebacker, Leighton Vander Esch. This is a guy who was a former first round pick out of Boise state. I want to say a lot of Rams fans wanted him when he came out. I think it was in 2018, uh, a guy that's had some neck issues and now he's not necessarily fallen out of favor with the Cowboys, but they have a lot of linebacker depth. They drafted Micah Parsons in the first round, Jabro Cox. I think it was in the fourth round. They take Keanu Neal, who they signed in free agency, turn him into a linebacker from safety. So they got a lot of depth there and they could be looking to move him. I'm not saying for sure they will. And maybe they don't want to move him within the conference because the Cowboys probably know if they want to get to the Super Bowl, the Rams may be a team that they have to fight through. So maybe they don't want to strengthen their opponents there, but we'll see. I think that's definitely a name to look out for. And one that definitely makes a lot of sense. Another one, KJ Wright. Rams fans might remember that name. It's because he played for the Seattle Seahawks for a long time. A standout player. I mean, he and Bobby Wagner together were just absolutely unreal. Probably the best one two tandem at linebacker for at least the last half decade, if not longer. Now he's on the Las Vegas Raiders. And I mean, he probably doesn't want to leave. That's a competitive team. I think they're five and two. They're probably going to go to the playoffs. He's going to have a shot to get into the playoffs and maybe make a Super Bowl run. Don't think they're that good, but we'll see. Could be a guy that they look out for there. And then the last player that I sort of have circled at this linebacker spot, a guy that I loved coming out of the draft, Rashawn Evans, former Alabama player. He doesn't really fit the mold of what you want in a linebacker in today's game. He is a north and south downhill. I'm going to try to remove this guy's head type of linebacker, like physical as hell, tough as nails, will blow you up. Now, he was a former first round pick as well in the same draft class. I think it was with Leighton Van Der Esch. And never really panned out the way I think Tennessee wanted. So he could be on the way out. And I think that's the kind of guy that you could have and not trade that much compensation for. So, you know, if that's a guy that you want to add to the room in terms of just adding sheer talent to the room, I think it makes sense. Even if the Rams want to go with Ernest Jones, that would be a good option to replace someone like Troy Reader. But I think there's a clear disconnect here from the fans to the coaching staff. There seems to be a disconnect because the fans and even myself, I don't think Troy reader has been good this season. He is a clear liability, not the guy you want out there in coverage at all. I mean, he moves like an 18 wheel truck. You just can't do it in terms of the run defense. He's been okay. Like he's not just been terrible. There's been some flashes for sure. And I do think he's better than he's probably ever been in his career, but this guy wasn't even drafted. And there's a reason for that. It's because he's not the most talented player out there. So I think, you know, the coaching staff's a little bit higher on this guy than fans are than media is, but At the end of the day, if the Rams want to get better as a defense, and we think that they can, because this defense has just not been that great, they can start at their weakest position. And that is that linebacker. You got a little weaker now by moving Kenny young. You pretty much got no compensation back in return, Ernest Jones, a question mark, but I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table. Outside of that, there's still question marks, even at your second linebacker spot. You know, I talked about Traven Howard as a guy coming into the season throughout the off season. As a potential starter, as a guy that I really liked, a dynamic coverage linebacker, a guy that used to be a safety at TCU, has not played a single down, has not done a single thing for this team, defense, special teams, nothing. I would love to see him get some run too. I mean, I don't think the grass is always greener necessarily. You know, there could be worse options moving forward, but at the same time, I know less need. This dude is always making a trade, always freeing up cap space. He's never afraid to push all his chips into the middle of the table. And I think right now, is a better time than ever for the Rams to get aggressive when it comes to the trade market. You're looking at a Super Bowl competitive roster. There's no denying it. I mean, you can love the Rams. You can hate the Rams. They are clearly primed to go to a Super Bowl right now, and if that means losing a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick to go get an upgrade, you got to do it, whether that's at cornerback, whether that's at linebacker. In my opinion, right now is your time. Those Super Bowl windows close quick, and I'm not saying just go toss every pick you have in the future, the second round pick, this, that. No, but in terms of third or a fourth round pick, if you can go get a Dante Fowler style of player, someone of that caliber that was a former first round pick, someone with a lot of talent that needs a reclamation style project development, I think that makes sense. And you look at Dante Fowler, he gets paid a lot of money. The Rams get a third round compensatory pick back. And so at the end of the day, they were out a fifth round pick to get a good player for like two years. That makes so much sense. We know Les Need always does that. And so many times when he trades a player, he finds a way to bring another one in immediately after you look at Marcus Peters going out, Jalen Ramsey coming right back in after. I think it was literally the same day. And a lot of us were like, "What? they traded Marcus Peters for who Kenny Young in a fifth round pick. What the hell is that? An hour or two later, Jalen Ramsey, the best corner in football, is making his way to Los Angeles. So they find a way to do these things often. I'm not saying for sure it's going to happen, but I definitely think when it comes to less need, you can never rule it out The trade deadline right around the corner. There's a lot of options for the Rams to upgrade their linebacker core, their cornerback group, whatever the case may be. Any single position right now, I think the Rams have to be open-minded in terms of trying to improve this roster. They know they're legit. They know this team has a chance to go do it all. And if that's the case, we've seen an aggressive, Les need in the past. Imagine how aggressive he can get right now, knowing that the Rams are that close to potentially going to get a super bowl. I think every option needs to be on the table right now. And we know they're aggressive. So make sure to tune back in throughout the rest of this week at the lockdown Rams podcast. Hell, by the time you guys are listening to this podcast, the Rams may have traded for someone. I can't wait all night for Les need. Unfortunately, I hope he doesn't trade for someone after this podcast drops, but you never know with him. Now we can dive into some of the sponsors for this episode. You guys have heard me talk about betting many times in this podcast. Brad loves it. I love it. It is so fun. If you guys want to get in on some of that action, go check out betonline.ag. They are your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. They've got a bunch of different stuff open. Big contests like the half million dollar NFL mega contest, the $200,000 survivor contest. All you have to do is just go ahead to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football to basketball to boxing, or even horse racing if you're into that. Don't wait! Make sure to take advantage of all the offers available right now for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and another driving sponsor. If you guys are a part of that group that does drive, you want to get in on Get Upside, that first sponsor. This one makes just as much sense. Rockauto.com. If you've had a car, you probably had a problem. Something go wrong in your car. You go to your mechanic. You need seven to 10 business days for something to come in. It's extremely expensive. They don't have it. Whatever the case may be, you don't have to do that old song and dance anymore. Go check out rockauto.com. They are a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you're a person who likes to fix things yourself or you're a professional and you're looking for reliably low prices, you should check out Rock Auto. They pretty much got every make and model that you can imagine. So if your car is brand new off the lot or 25 years old, they're probably going to have what you need. Rockauto.com, amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com and write Locked On in their how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you. And as always, thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at the Locked On Rams podcast. For your second daily listen, go check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL podcast podcast. These guys are going to break down every major NFL news story every single day in under 30 minutes and entirely free wherever you get your podcasts. And now we can dive into the final segment here where I want to cover this game. Going back to the Rams, the Lions contest, there's a few players that I thought stood out. uh, And of course, we always dive into some of these in-depth PFF numbers. I want to talk about one of the most important players for the Rams. Of course, you look at Jalen Ramsey, and I'm looking off to the side here just to get my notes and the numbers down he allowed four receptions on five targets for 72 yards and a touchdown. And that may sound like it was a terrible day, but I want to preface it by saying that Deandre Swift touched down the 62 yard screen that was on Jalen Ramsey because everyone else was in a cover zero, meaning the Rams were all out blitzing and whoever was covering was man covering. There was no double teams across the board. It was single on single and Jalen Ramsey was the only player in the vicinity of Deandre Swift. So His job on that play should have been to actually stop his rush. As we know, he was one of the players that came on the blitz to peel off of his blitz and go cover DeAndre Swift. But when you remove that play, that was an early kind of boneheaded type of play. Not really even boneheaded. I mean, it was just a great call by the lines against the perfect call against the Rams. I mean, you throw into the blitz. It doesn't get better than that. And they hit them at the right time. And not just that, but the Rams didn't tackle him. I mean, he broke two tackles. It was bad. It was really bad. DeAndre Swift also did a great job at selling his pass protection. I mean, he went in there, looked like he was going to pass pro against Jalen Ramsey, sort of tricked him with that mind game and then released out into the flat there to go catch his screen. So great job. Great call. And Jalen Ramsey needs to know, you know, it's kind of fishy why this running back is letting me go at his quarterback this easily. But when you remove that 62 yard play, a first touchdown, all that stuff, Jalen Ramsey allowed Three receptions for nine receiving yards in this game. I mean, he was unreal, like he always is. A passer rating, I think, of like 31.9. I think a passer rating of 38.7. You get that when you throw the ball into the floor every snap. It's either 38.7 or 39.8, something like that. Jared Goff had less success targeting Jalen Ramsey than had he just thrown the ball into the dirt. I mean, of course, he had the game ceiling interception, all that good stuff, too. He was a standout player for the Rams in this one. There is no doubt about that. And Comes on his 27th birthday. The one slip up, of course, we talked about it just a second ago. He needs to be a little bit more aware on that play. A little bit less aggressive because we know this guy wants to go balls to the wall every play, but in general, just an outstanding contest. He's getting the hardest player to guard every other play. You're looking at him versus TJ Hawkinson in main coverage, and he's taking Hawkinson completely out of the game. So huge shout out for Jalen Ramsey on his 27th birthday. Same age as me and the guys out here just absolutely balling. You love to see it. Flipping the pitch to the other side of the ball, the offensive line, these guys need some love. And I feel like I see it every single week, but Austin Corbett, the right guard, David Edwards, left guard, left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, right tackle, Rob Havenstein, not one of these players allowed a pressure in this game. I mean, come on, four out of your five offensive linemen did not allow a pressure. It is ridiculous how good they're playing right now. Every single week, I feel like I say it. they're playing better than the week before. They're doing better than the week before they're dominating. These guys are so good. The only offensive lineman that really struggled for the Rams in this one was Brian Allen. He was credited for four pressures and one sack. And outside of that, there was only one more pressure in this game. And it came from Darrell Henderson. I think it was on a rep where he was on the right side of Matthew Stafford and he sort of released into like a flat rod almost. And there was a double a gap kind of pressure. I think I would have to go back to check the tape, but quite certain that that was the play. And, Five pressures, five pressures in one whole game, four of which came from one guy and one sack. I mean, it's just absurd because Matthew Stafford is the kind of quarterback that wants to throw the ball deep. We know that. And you need time to throw the ball deep. And this offensive line is doing exactly that. They're giving him all the time in the world. So it is such a perfect marriage right now. The offensive line continues to dominate. Even when they can't run the ball in this game, we talked about how they struggle to run it. It doesn't even matter because in pass, bro, they're damn good. They're so solid it just continues to work. I mean, it's so absurd how productive these guys are, how consistent they are and how the Rams continue to make it work. I mean, I love to see it. This is so productive from the Rams. As long as the offensive line continues to do this, the passing game is going to continue to be great. And the offense is going to continue to be productive, put up 28, 25, 30, 35 points every game. That's just how the NFL works. If you win at the line of scrimmage, if you win those trench battles, You've got a 99.9% chance of winning football games. That's just the way it is. I mean, it all begins up front. We know that it does. We always talk about that as an adage in the NFL world, and the Rams are proving it right now. The most pressures in the NFL before this past week, the defense is playing okay, the best offensive line probably in the NFL right now, the offense is doing great. The Rams are 6 and 1. It's no accident. And now we can flip to the last part of the ball here, the defensive line. None of these guys really did that great in this game. I mean, you look at the total pressures The Lions had a good plan for Aaron Donald. Only two pressures in this game. Terrell Lewis, two pressures. A'shaun Robinson, two pressures. Leonard Floyd actually led the way with three pressures in this contest. Sebastian Joseph Day, one pressure in the sack. And Jalen Ramsey, one pressure. They were great. I mean, that offensive line for the Lions is a stalwart unit. But mind you, they also had a really rectified sort of game plan. It was dummied down to the point where... They knew the Rams were going to be hyper aggressive going into this game. They knew that Raheem Morris was going to try to blitz the hell out of Jared Goff. And they tried that and kudos to them because that's the easiest way to beat Jared Goff. But Anthony Lynn, Dan Campbell, whoever you want to credit for the lines, they had a good game plan in this one. I mean, they threw a lot of screens, a lot of quick passes. DeAndre Swift had like 11 catches in this game, a running back, 11 catches led the way. They did every single thing they possibly could to keep it short game, quick, condensed, Take the ball out of the quarterback's hand. Let your weapons work. And it worked. I mean, they nearly put up 20 points. They had a good game. They almost had a chance to win this game too. So shout out to them for having a good game plan. But at the same time, it was the most childish thing that you could ever see when it comes to the NFL. I mean, it's like, yeah, you might have a game or two where that works, but over the course of a season, that is not going to be a sustainable way to have an offense. And the Lions know that they're not going to do this every week, but kudos to them for having a good game plan against the Rams because they knew what the Rams wanted to do. The Rams knew what they wanted to do and the Lions did a good job of sort of counterpunching there, having at least a chance to win a game. So you can't knock them for that in terms of the Rams. I think they're going to have much better days defensively in terms of the individual statistics, the pressures, the sacks, things like that moving forward, where they actually get a chance to sort of pin their ears back and watch quarterbacks hold the ball for a little bit, or, you know, take five, seven step drops, more traditional deep passing attack type of offenses think that's where we're going to see a lot more fruition, more production from this Rams defense. But in general, it's going to be fun to see because now we talk about they're 6 and 1. They got the Houston Texans next up on the schedule. They just made a trade. The trade deadline is right around the corner. They could make another trade actually bringing someone in as opposed to only sending guys out. That is always a way to make the NFL season a little bit more spicy, gives us more talking points, makes it fun because I think this team is in a great spot right now. They can get even better, and I think they should at least explore, you know, less needs, at least calling around, seeing what's going on with the NFL in terms of if they make any trades. We're going to keep you guys entirely updated with some of their trade candidates moving forward, whether they go grab someone, what that person may bring to this team. We're going to keep you entirely updated here at the Locked on Rams podcast, so make sure to keep tuning back in here. Every day is your first daily listen. You guys can always follow us on Twitter at MVP at Lockdown Rams and on YouTube at LockedOnRams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.